to High Tech Minds, an exclusive podcast that features successful and inspiring Armenian tech community across the globe. I'm your host, Nareen, and thank you for joining me on this journey. Every idea can turn into successful business when innovation, meaningful partnership, and communities come together. Kudos to CIC Providence, state-of-art co-working space in downtown Rhode Island for their continuous support to local tech communities and female founders. Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to High Tech Minds. I'm Noreen, your host. Thank you so much for finding time to join me today. So today I'm going to sit down with Karin Vartanyan, who is partner at Formula VC and founding manager at Sprint Crowdfunders Fund. If you are an early-stage startup and thinking about launching your first crowdfunding campaign, then this is exactly the episode you want to listen to to learn some of the hacks of successful crowdfunding campaign. A couple of words about Sprint Crowdfunders Fund. It's an Armenian-based crowdfunding fund that aims to supporting startups engaging in crowdfunding through various financial instruments in a fast and very smart manner. Sprint Crowdfunders Fund also brings new tools for raising dedicated funds for marketing purposes for startups who want to engage in crowdfunding. As you know, marketing is a huge financial burden for many startups. So Sprint Crowdfunder Funds helps those startups to relax a little bit this financial burden for marketing. All right, let's get right to our interview and welcome Karen, who joins me all the way from Yerevan. Hello, Karen. Welcome to High Tech Minds. How are you doing there in Yerevan? Hey, Nari. Thanks for having me. All good here. It's quite a summer already. Super awesome. Karen, it's your first stop by High Tech Mind. So I wonder if you could start with just telling us who are you and what you do now. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm coming from banking. I used to work in, in, a, in an international bank for around like 10 years. Then around 2018, I switched to innovation ecosystem, joining my friends who have created a community called Global AM that is uh, aiming to to take Armenian tech ecosystem to the global arena. Now you're really curious in me to know how you went from investment banking to crowdfunding. What is the story there? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I have always uh, been, you know, somehow related to finance and uh, I, I liked it a lot, <laughs> even during my study years in university. And my friends were involved in crowdfunding by running an agency here in Armenia called the Crowdfunding Formula. So uh, once we were discussing, like, what are the issues there that they are facing, like, what are the main problems that are, you know, stopping the campaigns uh, from from hitting the maximum they can. And uh, in the end, we ended up that there are two main problems. The first one is limited marketing budgets that the startups are usually facing and the second is lack of expertise and uh, after several discussions we ended up with a model of having an uh, investment fund that will from one side uh, you know engage uh, funds from from investors from another side it will become a vehicle for uh, specialized funding of startups that are entering the market through crowdfunding and that specialized funding will be dedicated to marketing only and we will add another perk into, into the financial model that we will do the funding only if one of our trusted partners 
are uh, engaged as an as a marketing agency. So we are solving both funding issues and expertise issues here. So yeah, that's how it all started back in 2018. So you launched Sprint Crowd Founder Fund in 2018, which is actually not so long ago. Can you take us inside your company? What is it about? How do you help exactly startups to solve their funding problems? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, as as already uh, described a bit, it's a it's a fund that is funding uh, startups that are entering the market through crowdfunding platforms, uh, which are mainly like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, two biggest ones. And at Sprint, we are providing these budgets by looking at the metrics the campaigns are showing. And basically it's a boost funding. So if you started the campaign, like you have uh, a bit of attraction and you have uh, great potential, then Sprint is jumping in, providing some extra budget providing the expertise uh, in terms of in terms of engaging the uh, partner agencies marketing agencies specialized in the field and this combination is taking the campaigns to their you know maximum success levels can you a little bit specify what would be the best timing for startups to use sprint or crowdfunder funds for a higher return yeah so uh, startups usually are having the idea or maximum the prototype whenever they are coming to us so it's a key factor to consider to have a prototype whenever you are considering crowdfunding so uh, whenever you are at that stage and applying to sprint to see how can we help then we are directing you to one of our partners they are assessing the product they are assessing the potential for the campaign and if it if it all looks good, they are you know taking it and uh, starting to work with the startup by doing all the pre-campaign arrangements, by doing all the you know marketing activities that will be needed for selling the product online because in the end you need to sell no matter what you uh, have created, right? And uh, after everything is already prepared, after the campaign has launched and we see already the real traction, not just the numbers on the papers, right? Uh, okay. Then we are we are providing the uh, budget. So we are providing this marketing budget, and usually, if managed professionally, these budgets are bringing like at least five to one in terms of return on investment. Okay. And uh, with uh, with the budget, with the expertise, the startups are are uh, concentrating on the product development and product delivery. So they are like uh, not uh, not worrying about how it will perform they are not worrying about of course they are worrying but they are not they are not i mean uh, they are not heavily engaged in fundraising for you know because if the campaign is going good they are burning a lot of cash on marketing and okay. they need to you know add on add on add on and uh, it takes a lot of time to find some other sources of funding etc cetera, etc cetera. but sprint is like providing it within 24 hours and you know they can sleep uh, well if they know their campaign is performing they know that they will have no any problem with with uh, marketing budgets if sprint is engaged i mean marketing is really getting very expensive nowadays look what's happening with social media ads there's no more free stuff on social media so and it's becoming huge financial burden specifically for startups who are early stage they have a limited budget they're just entering to market or working on their prototype in this sense, how exactly are you helping startups not to have this financial burden? 
Mm -hmm. So usually we are providing the budgets uh, in order not to become a burden for a startup in the end, because in the end it needs to be paid back with a success fee and all that. Right. So usually we are limiting our provided budgets to up to 25% of whatever they have already raised, like it's 20 to 25%. So we are looking at the numbers, let's say if startup is at 50K funding in, on Kickstarter, we are starting the small with 10K. Then if, if it goes well, we are adding another trash of, I don't know, another 20K, etc. The limit is, uh, it can be as high as 200K per startup. Yeah, depending on the performance. And it is like pretty much enough for raising like seven figure number on, on Kickstarter. So, yeah. So you're saying when the company started to show some attraction on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, then you're investing in their marketing campaign. But what's happened when the company stopped performing well? Are you stopping financing in any point? Yeah, so uh, the uh, our model is quite flexible. So at the point when uh, startups and agencies see that their uh, performance is not good, they are just stopping the relationship with us, like stopping the funding agreement. And uh, given that, you know, it's not spent at once, Whatever is not spent, agencies are sending back to us because we are providing the budgets to the agencies in the most of the cases. Uh, so it's like a trilateral relationship that is being formed. So the agency is sending back to the leftover and whatever is uh, spent is becoming the liability for the startup and in the end they have to pay it back. But it's not a problem for them because at least for the portion that has been spent and it was effective, they have seen the you know return on uh, investment, so it's okay for them to pay that. How are you exactly evaluating which startups you need to invest in? What are the, some of the measurements, metrics you are using to make decision? Um, uh, it really depends on, on the project itself because uh, some projects have uh, high margins, some projects have uh, you know very tight margins. So before uh, engaging, we are starting to, we are trying to analyze and, you know, talk with the startups, what are, what are the limits for them, like how much they can spend, how much they can afford in terms of, in terms of campaign management, in terms of agency fees, et cetera, et cetera, because a uh, 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 crowdfunding campaign is not a cheap thing, like around uh, 30 to 40% of whatever is raised on the platform is paid as service fees, as platform fees, as you know, as marketing budgets and all that. So startups need to really uh, plan their budgets accordingly. So that's why we are trying to get into some more details on what is the structure for this particular startup. And then we are assessing uh, like their own performance against their own uh, limits to say. And the second metric, which is uh, again, like uh, very heavily used is return on ad spend. Because uh, the main driver for, for, uh, uh, for the campaign is usually like advertisement. Of course, there are other marketing activities like okay. PR, like influencers and all that, but the main driver is still is advertisement. So there is another metric like return on ad spend, like how much was spent specifically on ads and how much has been returned uh, uh, after that. So these are the two metrics that we are using and in combination with the margins that the startups are uh, providing in terms of their uh, uh, product uh, uh, you know, development and, and production, 
we are uh, combining all that and, and assessing the overall performance. This coming generation becomes more savvy in technology and social media specifically. They know how to use social media ads. They know how to use social media, create content, etc. Why should startups partner with Sprint crowdfunder funds? Why not to do your own marketing? Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's simple because we are providing the funding uh, very, very fast. Like uh, there is no other source that can approve and provide the funds within 24 hours uh, in this industry because uh, the, these startups uh, doesn't have any kind of uh, collateral usually. They don't have any credit histories. They don't have any kind of, you know, banking. Uh, histories and uh, the traditional institutions are usually not working with them. Uh, angel investors may be engaged, but again, it takes a lot of time uh, during the campaign to engage an angel. So okay. uh, Sprint's main value is speed. The second value mm -hmm. is is that uh, even if you have the money, you need to spend it correctly, right? right. So uh, uh, if you if you don't have an agency engaged, we can uh, we can arrange it for you. So we can introduce you to the agencies you like from our partners. And uh, after our introduction, usually the processes are going faster because these agencies know that there is no budget issue. So they can, you know, they can have an, uh, to say unlimited budget, almost unlimited budget for okay. a campaign from a campaign perspective. Uh, so they are being engaged faster. They are more motivated, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, there are two values. First is the speed. Uh, besides the money itself. And the second is the expertise and this connection that we are creating uh, for, for the agencies. I'm glad you talk about angel investors. I'm really curious to know, so what would be the main reason for founders to decide to get funded through crowdfunding versus funding through angel investors? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, usually, uh, like, and especially nowadays, crowdfunding is uh, not only for funding itself, not only for money, but at first it is uh, marketing. So it is uh, raising awareness around your product and it is about market creation. So imagine a startup sitting in their like small village or town in uh, uh, any state of US or I don't know any part of the world and running a campaign and bakers from more than 200 countries can see their product, can bake it. And after baking the product, they are becoming ambassadors for the, that product because, I mean, they really, uh, uh, if they bake it, they really love it because they have baked the idea, they have baked the prototype stage, like there is nothing yet. So there is no production, they haven't touched the product, etc., etc. Okay. but they already love it. So they are becoming ambassadors and this is how a market is being created for a particular product. Of course, they are also raising uh, a lot of money, uh, which is helping them to kick off the production. But I mean, it's it's not a source of, of sustainable funding, right? So uh, it's, uh, it's funding for just kicking off. It is uh, having sustainability portions in terms of already market creation, awareness raising, like a lot of media is covering mainly like a uh, hardware uh, and uh, gadget uh, tech covering media is jumping into successful you know campaigns and covering the products so uh, this is some kind of a combination that angel investors uh, uh, cannot provide of course angel investors are providing other values uh, mainly in terms of in terms of helping the team 
to you know to succeed in whatever they are doing by uh, sharing their own expertise and their own uh, again non monetary resources that they have their connections their network etc etc but it is not comparable to the value that crowdfunding is bringing in so to summarize both of them are very important both of them are like really essential if you are engaged in hardware, especially. Uh, but uh, it's like two different purposes uh, that one would think uh, should we raise from angels or should we go for crowdfunding? I mean, I talk to many startup founders, and one thing I'm noticing they pretty much everyone thinks they created the next bicycle. That's a good thing, it's encouraging, motivating thing to think about it. But also, you need to understand that you need to put right time and efforts to promoting your product services because startup landscape is becoming very overcrowded. You see, every day, new startup comes to taxi and with interesting product, with interesting services. Yeah, yeah. They think that, you know, we have created a cool stuff, we can put it on a shelf right. and everyone will, you know, see the light coming out of the, you know, the product and the podcast. <laughs> but but usually, I mean, these are your relatives and the maximum your neighbors and not more. <laughs> I mean, look at the, what's happening. 80% of startups go out of business in just 10 months due shortage in cash and market needs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Almost every day I can read about some successful early stage startup founder who was able to raise millions of dollars uh, through crowdfunding campaign. And I'm sure that you know that first-hand reality is different. There are a lot of challenges for founders to overcome in order to have a successful crowdfunding campaign. So from your experience, what are some of the common challenges today startups are facing during crowdfunding campaign? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before jumping into challenges, uh, let me uh, bring some numbers. And these are just numbers from Kickstarter only. It's not covering the whole industry, but it's kind of indicating the how, how it looks like in the industry as well. So uh, on Kickstarter, there are around 550,000 campaigns that has been registered and run. Okay. And of these 550,000, uh, only 200,000 were successful. So it's a like sounds like a huge number. Almost forty percent were successful, right? But whenever you look at the deeper metrics, like around around one hundred thirty thousand of these raised uh, less than ten thousand dollars. So these okay. were like really tiny campaigns. You know, some I right. don't know for raised with the friends and family and all these guys, and only. 0.1% of the campaigns, of total campaigns on Kickstarter, have raised more than $1 million. So it's 0.1%. So wow. only one in 1,000 campaigns basically is raising uh, $1 million. So, and why is that uh, so? Because these guys who are raising these millions, they are preparing for the campaign for several months. Like it's not a day, it's not a week, it's not like okay we have a prototype let's launch the campaign there are campaigns that have been preparing for launch for over a year and this is how the success looks like and you need to put a lot of efforts you need to put a lot of emphasis on preparations on perfecting everything like starting from the prototype itself from the photo video materials that how you'll be presenting your product 
uh, uh, all the like copies that you'll be putting on the on the campaign page and all that. So this is uh, why uh, the campaigns are becoming successful. And of course, again, getting back to what Sprint provides in terms of the value, you need to have a great agency that will be dedicated on your campaign and that will be, you know, caring for the success of the campaign. And you need to have the budget to spend on on doing all the activities that these agencies are are you know offering. And I think another important thing is you might agree with me is to pick the right crowdfunding platform. Along with big names like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, you have also dozens of new platforms that offering crowdfunding services, equity crowdfunding, crowdfunding award system, you name it. What would be your suggestion to first-time founders who are trying to raise money through crowdfunding? What should they consider while picking the platform for the first crowdfunding campaign? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there are several aspects to think of whenever choosing a platform. First one is really the purpose of the campaign. So as we talked and uh, what I'm talking about, I'm talking mainly about reward-based crowdfunding, which is like equity-free. You are only giving up some perks against the backing that you are receiving from the bakers. In okay. equity crowdfunding, in equity crowdfunding, you are giving up an equity and it is usually uh, having some limitations because I mean, it's regulated. Uh, for example, in US, you can't raise more than $1 million within a year, et cetera, et cetera. So it has some limitations, but from another side, uh, you are also giving up some equity and you know you are fundraising and uh, you are becoming a good business. In terms of reward-based crowdfunding, as I said, one of the main reasons why people go for that is the marketing and uh, market creation. And mm -hmm. uh, again, there are different platforms providing the same platform services. So whenever picking, uh, picking a platform, uh, there are uh, two big international ones, this Kickstarter and Indiegogo. There are several locals, uh, like in uh, Japan, in Korea, in China, there are several, etc., etc. So usually uh, uh, the campaigns, the campaigners and the startups who, who have the ability to apply for their local platforms, usually mm -hmm. they are testing their product there like uh, uh, posting their product and doing their campaign on their local platform. Usually these campaigns are, are small, not so big, but they, they are getting the awareness and they are getting the clue on, on what it can become if they go for international uh, platforms. And only after that, they are jumping on, uh, to, to Kickstarter and Indie or Indiegogo. And the difference between these two is, uh, again, there are some differences. For example, it's uh, somehow some uh, 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 perception is there that uh, Kickstarter is more uh, startup oriented, like founder okay. oriented, while Indiegogo is more uh, baker oriented, for example. So, uh, or there can be even, uh, even uh, you know, uh, some opinions that is vice versa. So depending on which criteria you are looking at, uh, because uh, for example, uh, Kickstarter is doing a heavy due diligence before landing the campaign. So okay. you cannot uh, you cannot really post a scam there, and if you post a scam there, most probably it will be you know even during the campaign it will be stopped somehow. So this is a plus for bakers. 
so they know it's more trusted, etc. Uh, from another side, Indiegogo is providing a lot of tools for, for startups for promoting the campaigns. They have their own newsletters, they are putting it there, etc., etc. So this is some kind of a perk that is uh, more uh, preferable for the startups. But from another side, there is another aspect, which is the audience itself. So uh, depending on the product type, for example, uh, gaming campaigns like tabletop games, I don't know, even video games sometimes mm -hmm. are mostly uh, mostly run on Kickstarter because they're, they have the audience for these type of campaigns. I don't know, like e-bikes and some kind of e-gadgets are uh, very popular on Indiegogo because their audience is looking at such type of things. So depending on, on the product, depending on what you are planning to achieve uh, and uh, how you measure the success uh, for the campaign itself from the startup's perspective, then you are deciding which way to go, to do a reward-based, to do an equity-based, or like, I don't know, to do a debt crowdfunding in the end. I think another challenge probably for the first time crowd founders would be decide on a target amount. <laughs> we all want to rise as, as, as much as possible. I think every founder want to rise millions of dollars. Do you have any tips on the amount to ask for your first crowdfunding campaign? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and it is another challenge how, how startups are approaching this uh, number because some startups are putting a number really high and they are never achieving it but other startups are putting the minimum goal they can they can you know afford uh, producing the limited amount batch of their products and to deliver it and they are becoming really big so the idea is that uh, whenever you are achieving the goal on the platform mm -hmm. really fast so this so-called green bar effect is starting to work which means that uh, the bakers are seeing that at least you have the minimum amount you uh, you needed for producing the minimal batch for your product. So they are uh, starting to somehow like uh, share the success already, right? So they have seen it, it is already green. They know that you'll produce something. So you can set up your, you know, machinery and all that, meaning that you need to, uh, if they bake it, they will just scale your production. So they are jumping in and baking. And in the end, Okay. The campaigns are raising much more than their real goal they had in mind. Uh, while if, if they put their real goal, like, I don't know, like $500,000 on the platform, they are usually not achieving it. And we have seen uh, a lot of such cases with Sprint as well. Whenever the campaigns have uh, put a, a bigger goal, then okay. they failed. Then they restarted after, you know, uh, uh, hearing to our advice as well then they have restarted with a smaller goal with the minimum goal not the you know uh, uh, maximum goal and they ended up raising more than their uh, goal was actually in uh, in their uh, mind this is a uh, somehow campaign strategy that needs to be uh, paid attention a lot so Karen, let's say you were able to successfully raise money meet your target goals in your first crowdfunding campaign how long you should wait to start your second crowdfunding campaign? Or do you really need to start your second crowdfunding campaign? The short answer to that is uh, deliver the first one, then jump into the second one. Like whenever the campaigns are starting without delivering the first uh, uh, items for the first campaign, uh, I mean, you can imagine the frustration of the bakers who have baked the first campaign 
they haven't received the items yet. They haven't received their rewards and they are seeing that this startup is not focused on producing their rewards while they are doing another campaign and they are presenting another product. Meaning okay. that uh, all this time that was, you know, that they were waiting, the startup was not producing their items, but they were de developing another product, which is like uh, really frustrating. And usually these type of campaigns are failing, the second campaigns. But uh, right now, uh, by the way, right now we have an example of, of, of a case uh, when startup has delivered whatever they have uh, uh, promised, like uh, more than uh, 20,000 items uh, around the world. And they uh, started a campaign right yesterday, their second campaign already. Actually, okay. it's their fourth, but second in, in this uh, line of products. So, uh, and uh, during the first day, they have raised more than $100,000 and it's not the first day yet. So they started uh, 12 p.m. EST yesterday. So they still have like two hours to go for completing the day and they are uh, more than 130K funded already. So this is because all the bakers who have received the product, they have provided the feedback, they have uh, assessed the quality they know that this uh, campaigner, this startup is keeping the promises. So they will, of course, bake another product of that startup. And uh, this, is, uh, this is the effect of this market creation. This is how it is working. By the way, are you working uh, exclusively with Armenian startups? Um, uh, actually, no. I mean, we are we are working with startups around the world, and uh, unfortunately, we haven't worked with a startup from Armenia. We have worked with a startup uh, with an uh, Armenian founder or Armenian okay. co-founder, but <laughs> unfortunately, of these more than hundred startups that we have funded, none of them is based in Armenia so far. Okay. And, yeah, and it's it's really interesting and. Uh, it's it's overall concept of Sprint to to fund around the globe, and that was one of the ideas that whenever we starting the Sprint fund to give you a bit of a, a you know a, a history background how how it became what became. So uh, when whenever we are starting like fund is registered in Armenia, it's an Armenia fund and all that. Okay. And whenever we were trying to, you know, present the model, trying to sell the products we are offering, we were uh, like uh, receiving really skeptical answers like, uh, guys, is it a scam or what? I mean, uh, from Armenia, fund, <laughs> providing funding, uh, are you sure? <laughs> because, because we were like talking with startups from Singapore, talking with startups okay. from Switzerland, from US, like, you know, usually these are the places when uh, uh, when the money is inflowing to, to our country rather than uh, outflowing, right? <laughs> so it was a bit of a strange, but right now uh, everyone already knows what Sprint is, knows that it's an Armenian uh, you know, uh, fund and it's presenting the overall uh, uh, Armenian to say crowdfunding ecosystem that we have created during these years. Uh, crowdfunding market is something relatively new for Armenian market. It's not yet been formed, but also it's moving towards the right direction. What do you think about how Armenia can scale the local crowdfunding market? Yeah, so I mean, uh, there are uh, all the tools available, almost all the tools available for that. So we have an, uh, a cool agency operating from here. We have Sprint Fund. Uh, we have a lot of uh, tech talent in engineering and especially in 
uh, hardware engineering as well because uh, because of the heritage coming through the years and all that. And uh, I think uh, overall, uh, and it is not specific to Armenia, uh, but I think it's uh, like that around the world as well. Overall, mm -hmm. hardware startups are are really you know uh, difficult to scale. Uh, that's why uh, most of the startups are starting with some software products that are you know easy to scale. They have no boundaries. They are not you know uh, attached to the land and all that. Uh, and uh, this is struggle. And hopefully, uh, at some point, uh, with all the resources available in the country, uh, we'll see more and more startups engaging in in B two C hardware, so consumer okay. electronics and and other type of products. Because uh, I think uh, very soon we'll have this engineering city operating. We uh, we might see some I don't know hardware accelerators opening up in Armenia as well. So uh, some kind of uh, an ecosystem needs to be created around hardware as well for okay. for taking it to the next level because there are uh, many many resources focusing on software products. But given that hardware is really difficult to scale, uh, it is to say uh, having some limitations uh, within this scope. But I think uh, we are moving towards that direction as well, and we would like to become a regional hub for for uh, consumer electronics uh, startups uh, that could enter the market through crowdfunding using uh, all the resources that are available in Armenia. So yeah, I think Armenia has a huge potential to expand its technology and startup ecosystems. We have one of the best tech talents in the world, and I'm not afraid to say that our tech talent is super powerful and can be compared with Chinese tech talents, Indians, and startups need to capitalize on this. At the same time, there are a lot of challenges, and those challenges is not necessarily only related to Armenia. Every country has challenges that needs to be overcome in order to expand this ecosystem and create more favorable conditions for investments to attract foreign investments. What do you think? What would be your recommendation in this direction? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there are obviously a lot of uh, work to do towards this direction. And in terms of intaking investments from from uh, outside, there are some, uh, 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 to say, administrative issues that needs to be solved. Let's say I don't know how uh, KYCs are done, how the investors are being landed into the funds, etc. Okay. But from another side, uh, from another side, in terms of uh, uh, the overall environment for investment funds, for example. We have a Sprint Fund, we have also Formula VC, which is a VC and again an investment fund registered in Armenia. It is quite a good environment in terms of regulation, in terms of taxes, in terms of right. administration, how you are running the fund, how you are being regulated, like whether, you know, central bank is always there and asking questions or they are letting to do what you do and they are just monitoring. So it's quite flexible and quite convenient to run a fund from Armenia. Uh, from another side, uh, there are no any limitations from where you can intake investments, like if you are not sanctions, I don't know, uh, sanctions, I don't know, there are no any, you know, those types of limitations, okay. and the money is clean and all that, and uh, <laughs> th th there, is, there is no any really limitations for that, but no the overall... Yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> only, only, only uh, 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 white money. <laughs> So, so uh, uh, given all this, I think we need to uh, increase the awareness about about what's going on in Armenia, 
because a lot of uh, a lot of uh, peers uh, in in uh, diaspora, also non-Armenians, they are usually not aware of what's going on in okay. Armenia. They don't know that I don't know there are some vehicles that are present in Armenia. And they come and uh, they can come and invest in these. They usually uh, think that uh, Armenia needs more of uh, charity money rather than right. investments right. because because they don't see the landscape. But I think it's a, it's a homework for us to do as well mm -hmm. uh, in order to present uh, not only tech, but also in other sectors, like what's going on. And in order for the investors to choose where, where they are going to invest rather than to donate, because that's one of our main, uh, main uh, topics that we are trying to push, that uh, whenever you are uh, investing a dollar, you are not just you know, creating the return that you are earning, but rather you are creating uh, much more value for that dollar. And uh, uh, whenever you are just donating that one dollar, it is like most probably it is lost. So something like this. Mm -hmm. That's a really very great point, Karen. So what would be the best way to learn more about Sprint Crowdfunder? So yeah, uh, our website is there, uh, sprintcf.com. Uh, you can go and find all the campaigns, all the info on, on what we do and uh, all that. If you have a startup and you are planning a crowdfunding campaign, just push the apply button there and uh, fill out the application form, like 10, 15 minutes to fill in uh, uh, so that we can see and uh, assess what you are doing and connect to you. Other than that, uh, uh, we can be connected on, on social media, uh, again, like uh, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, whatever it is, so that we can start the conversation. Thank you so much, Karen. This was a, such an interesting conversation. And I, and I think a lot of startup founders who thinking about launching their first crowdfunding campaign can take a lot of advices from you. Thank you for that. I'm really excited to see what is next come for Sprit Crowdfunder Fund. Good luck with all your initiatives. <laughs> Thank you. Well, folks, thanks again for listening to today's episode with Karen Vartanyan, who is a partner at Formula VC and founding manager at Sprit Crowdfunders Fund. Find all links to company in our podcasting notes. If you want to learn more about what we talked today or you want to get more sense what is High Tech Minds community about, head to our website, hightechminds.com. So be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss any new episodes. This has been High Tech Minds Podcast and your host, Nareen. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye.